Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Milwaukee Mennonite Church. I'm Rachel Stolpe. I'm going to be the worship leader today. Stevers is um, handling the tech stuff. So if you have any questions, um, check with Steve J.E. That's what his, <clears throat> his name is up on the screen. And Amy Bowers is going to share the reflection later. Um, this week, all of our scriptures from the lectionary, well, the ones that we're using, the Corinthians one we skipped, but they all have references to places in nature and different ref nature references. So, um, for example, they, uh, they reference, um, being like trees planted by streams of water. So if uh, Sarah Mast was here, she would say, hey kids, count every time we reference nature. So we could, so you could do that adults to keep you, keep you focused. So I think that because it is, because of that, I think it's especially important to start with our land acknowledgement. And I was, um, Steve, are you, can you read that for us? Thanks. We acknowledge that we're gathering on the traditional territory of indigenous peoples. And we affirm that settlers have specific responsibilities in the journey of reconciliation with indigenous peoples. In this place, the Potawatomi, the Ho-Chunk, um, the Ojibwe, the Menominee, among others. We give thanks to the creator and to those peoples who have stewarded this land for generations. We're grateful for the opportunity to live, work, and worship here as we witness the reconciling movement of the spirit and seek to live into right relations with our indigenous neighbors and all of creation. Thanks, Steve. I want to start by reading the beginning of Psalm 1. It was uh, part of the lectionary. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord and on God's law, they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither and all they do, they prosper. <clears throat> Our call to worship is 857. Holy God, you call us together to reflect on your word and our life in your world. Be with us now as we sing and pray together that we may hear your voice and understand your way. This we pray through Jesus the Christ. Amen. Our first song is. Um, Voices Together 25, Brethren, We Have Met to Worship, and I found this amazing version of it that we will. We appreciate every one of you being here. Uh, I like to make this statement. It wouldn't be any fun to do what we do up here if you weren't out there, so we appreciate you coming tonight. And, and wherever we go, we always uh, ask the Lord to bless what we do. And we don't want this to be an exception. So if you will, let's go to the Lord right quickly in prayer. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being able to be here tonight. 
Lord, we just pray everything we do will be honored to you, and anything accomplished will be quick to give you the glory. And it's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the word? All is vain unless the Spirit of the Confession and reconciliation is on is in voices together 891. If you want to turn there and join with me. I'm going to read the leader part and you can read the people part with your um, microphones off. And except for the other Rachel, she's going to read the the people part. Rachel two, not Rachel three, because now there's three Rachels. For the times we have lied to one another and the times we have been lied to. 
Heal us, Jesus, Savior of the world. For the times we have been laughed at, the times we have laughed at another's pain, and the times we have been laughed at. Heal us, Jesus, Savior of the world. For the times we have betrayed a friend, and the times we have been betrayed. Heal us, Jesus, Savior of the world. For the times we have spoken when we should have remained silent, and for the times we have remained silent when we should have spoken. Heal us, Jesus, Savior of the world. Amen. Our first scripture today is from Jeremiah 17, um, verses 5 to 10, and Lauren is going to read that for us. Thus says the Lord, cursed are those who trust in mere mortals and make mere flesh their strength, whose hearts turn away from the Lord. They shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when relief comes. They shall live in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by water sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is devious above all else. It is perverse. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, test the mind and search the heart to give to all according to their ways, according to the fruit of their doings. Thanks, Lauren. Next is children's time, but um, I don't know if there's any kids there, but it's, you know, for all of us. So today I want to introduce you, and I'm sure some of you know, have heard of these, this, but this is one of my favorite places to go for music. It's called Playing for Change. And this movement started way back in 2002. So for reference, that's when Sam and Soraya were born and they're in college now. Um, <clears throat> it was started to inspire and connect people around the world through music. The, the, um, they travel the world and record people playing music and singing and then they put it all together in a video sort of like what we've been doing now with, because of Zoom, but they've been doing it for 20 years. So I found a video from 2012 and I hope that um, you all will take some time and um, go down the rabbit hole of playing for change. I think, um, I think that you have all figured out that um, when we boil down, when we boil down the sermon to be the children's sermon, that it is um, basically God wants us to know that we are loved and that we should love one another. And I love all of you. And of course, God loves all of you. So playing for change, go down that rabbit hole. It is amazing. And I'm going to 
go to the next one. And here is the song. And so the really cool part is down at the bottom, you want to watch for They'll give you the name of the, um, the group and they'll tell you where they're from. next scripture is Luke and Chris is going to read this for us. Thank you, Chris. All right, Luke chapter six. 
Uh, he went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of uh, his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Looking at his disciples, Jesus said, blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received, you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Thank you, Chris. And now we will hear from Amy for the reflection. So hello, I'm Amy. Um, I am going to be um, doing a reflection today. Um, I'm inclined to keep my reflection pretty short um, today, given today's gospel reading. Um, the Beatitudes, well, fantastic in many, in you know, not to knock the Beatitudes, but they're a very familiar passage. Um, one of us that one that most of us have probably heard dozens of sermons on. Um, something that some of us might even have memorized at some point in our lives. Um, granted, today's reading is from is the version of the Beatitudes from Luke's Gospel, from what is sometimes called the Sermon on the Plain, rather than the more familiar version that opens the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's Gospel. Um, now, there are times when the parallel passages in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's Gospels are almost identical. Um, but this passage from Luke, um, sometimes called the Blessings and Woes, uh, does have some notable differences, and I think those differences do give us something to think about today. The most obvious difference between the difference between the passages is that Matthew's Beatitudes are all "Blessed are you" statements, with none of Luke's associated curses or woes. Um, but I don't find that difference particularly interesting. Um, Matthew's Gospel has plenty of. Um, statements that reprove the, the rich or announce judgment on the, the rich, the wealthy, and those who are praised in the present age, present age. The two gospel writers' choices to include or exclude the woe portion of this passage um, it just kind of seems more like a literary choice to me, um, not something that really reflects a distinction in Jesus' teaching. Um, what I do think is really interesting is that the descriptors for the people that in each passage um, that e the people for whom each passage announces a blessing isn't the same. And the difference not only reflects a distinction in teaching, um, a little bit of a different focus of the teaching, um, but I think it also might inform how we ought to read, ought to read these biblical passages um, or how we might want to read these biblical passages that announce blessings and curses. Um, I think we tend... Can you all hear TV in the background or are we okay still? 
sorry, loud children, um, loud child really, let's be honest. <laughs> um, um, I think we tend to read, um, we tend to default to reading from pas passages like this as more prescriptive, like a list of do's and don'ts and the consequences that attend each choice or way of being. Um, and for the Beatitudes and a lot of other blessed are and cursed be passages, um, this isn't necessarily a problem. If you have a book of teaching that you believe to be even somewhat authoritative, it seems natural to look at passages um, like this to direct your choices, um, to form your actions and attitudes in a way that would count you among the blessed. Um, and the Beatitudes from Matthew um, are fine words to live by. Uh, many of the blessings declared by the more familiar Beatitudes sound like things people can choose to do or be. The poor in spirit, the pure of heart, the meek, the peacemakers, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are persecuted because of how they live their faith. Um, the Matthew text actually lends itself pretty well to instructions on who one must be and how one must live if they wish to be blessed. Um, the text that we read from Jeremiah can also be read as sort of instructions on how to live if one wishes to be blessed. Those who trust in the Lord will be blessed. They will be free from fear and bear fruit even in times of drought. Conversely, those who trust in mortals will be cursed. Their lands will be barren and parched. This text can be read as pretty straightforward instructions. Trust the Lord and good things will come to you. But Luke's blessings and woes don't lend themselves to that sort of straightforward reading. Um, for Luke, the blessed are those who are poor, hungry, or mourning and mourning. Luke's Jesus declares, Luke's presentation of Jesus declares woe to the rich, the satisfied, the happy, and the well-regarded of this age. Um, Luke's passage doesn't really lend itself to spiritualizing um, or this very straightforward do this then blessing. Um, because Luke isn't focusing on internal attitudes um, or actions, um, but material conditions that um, characterize people's lives. A person can't really make themselves poor or hungry through conscious effort or a change in attitude. Um, true, through the history of the church, some have chosen to be poor and hungry by giving away their possessions, um, to give up happiness, comfort, and honor in the present age, in, or to give up happiness, comfort, and honor in the present age in order to obtain reward in an age to come. But choosing hunger and poverty is not the same as being caught in systems of injustice that hold you in hunger and poverty. Choosing to give up things you value is not the same as suffering loss and dishonor as a result of living in an unfair and painful world. Um, Luke is not providing us um, with any kind of formula to make sure we get on team blessed and avoid team cursed. Uh, moreover, reading this passage as instructions in obtaining blessing and avoiding woe sets, up, sets us up for a society where the poor, hungry, and sorrowful are encouraged to continue suffering under unjust systems without complaint um, because they're assured reward in the age to come. I wonder if it makes more sense um, if we read the Luke te text now, not as a prescription for obtaining blessing, but as a description of the new world that God is creating. 
the point is not that we should be poor, hungry, mourning, and reviled if we wish to be blessed. Nor is it that we should be comforted to know that the rich, satisfied, and honors of this age will get their comeuppance in the age to come. Luke's passage tells us about the world that God is creating. And we get to decide how we live into the reality here in the present age. Um, for those who are held in systems that keep them poor and hungry, for those who mourn for the things and people they've lost, um, for those who are reviled for doing what is right, um, the description of this emerging new world um, could be a source of comfort. Um, it's the promised because it is a promise of a just world where we all have enough, where the mourning will be consoled, where those who do right will be honored instead of opposed or despised. But for those of us who enjoy comfort and consolation in the present age, um, this description challenges us not, challenges us to look at ourselves, not in fear that we will be among those who have already enjoyed their reward, but in hope that we can prepare to live in the world that Jesus is promising, um, in how we share the wealth that we enjoy, um, how we comfort the suffering, um, and in how we deal with the temptation to live as people who are honored in the present age, um, rather than living as those who are righteous according to the values of God's kingdom. And if we keep in mind this idea that these blessing and woe passages could be more of um, a description than a prescription. It can also give us um, a more nuanced and I think better um, way of reading passages that we might be inclined to read as an instruction on how to obtain blessing. Um, for example, if we read the Jeremiah passage, trust in God and you'll prosper in all circumstances, that passage would be very easy to disprove. Um, because for example, in a time of drought, those of great faith often suffer just as much as their neighbors who do not share their faith. Um, worse yet, this sort of understanding can open us up, open us up in times of suffering to those who would say that if we suffer, it must just be that we didn't trust God enough. Um, I wonder if it's better um, if we if we read the Pat Jeremiah passage more as a description of how people who trust in God would experience hardship. Um, not that they're going to receive security or prosperity as a reward for their trust in God, um, but- the choir is around the world singing, yeah. it's a wonderful world. Yeah. <laughs> but they're thriving, um, but they're thriving in, the, in times, of, times of trial um, is more of a natural consequence of their trust in God. Those who trust in God survive and bear fruit in all circumstances, not because God has given them favor as a reward for their faith, but because that they trust that God has not left them and that God will give them what they really, what they really need to survive through difficult times. We might not see God providing anything that looks like prosperity um, by our standards in these times of suffering. Um, but it's the trust that self, trust itself, um, but the trust itself in God in and itself is a source of consolation um, and gives us the hope that one will see the end of suffering and come to a time of plenty and a reason to rejoice. Um, so that's what I have today. And um, thank you all for listening.
Thank you so much, Amy, for for the um, reflection and giving us some things to think about. Now we'll enter into a time of um, response, and um, I'm going to share my screen again. We're going to start the responding time with um, Beauty for Brokenness. It is Voices Together 712. And here is, um, and I'll play it for you all. And then after that, we can have a time to respond to the reflection. We can, um, different things throughout the week, um, share joys and concerns. A future at dreams 
Please pray with me then. Dear God, we come to you with a lot on our, a lot on our minds, a lot on our plates. Um, we are, of course, the, the ongoing, the ongoing COVID and pandemic and all that that brings and the, and just how, how to, how to cope and how to deal with the, um, the struggles and the death and the illness and the isolation, but also the, our human need to be with each other. And we just pray that you can help us to balance that and to help us to maybe understand or maybe be at peace. I'm going to close with the I'm going to close with um, the words from the song Everlasting God. It's 630 in the hymnal. Everlasting God, on you we call. On you, may we never turn away from you. Oh, may we never turn away from you. And keep us in your grace and truth, our strength and shield till life is through. Unto you we raise our weary soul. In trials we are in your care. In sorrows, torture, fear, and want, 
still we are we are assured that you are there when we walk we know that we are sustained we know that you will always be our guide eternal god we cry to you forever keep us by your side I'm going to share my screen again for the last song. And when I found this song in this video, I all I could think about was how excited Steve HK was going to be, or maybe disappointed. I don't know. So I'm going to share my screen and we'll have one more song and then we'll have the and then the the closing. So for those of you that are newer to the church, um, Steve H.K. loves a, a song done in um, in parts like that. What's the word? I can't even remember what you call it because we it's been like a hundred years since we've done it. Round or a cannon. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Steve loves those. And so when I found that, and we've we've done that song a lot. And when I found that song, I'm like, this is going to be, this is going to be a good one. That's good emotions. So, um, what? It has good emotions too. Did you say it's, something, Steve? It has good emotions. It just reminds me of singing with our children, which I love. Yep, me too. It reminds me of Carmen who is one of the founding members of MMC, like back a hundred years ago, who taught us that. Um, our sending, our sending words, our voices together, 1059. Go forth in peace and be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the God who fills the hungry with good things fill us all with Christ-like love and with a consuming hunger for justice in our land and in our world. Amen. Go in peace.